In this week's Planet Korea, we return to our occasional series on Korean urbanism with Colin Marshall and with an additional guest. Colin, as you know, is the local blogger for the Los Angeles Review of Books. He's also a prolific podcaster, writer, blogger. Let's just say he's all over the Internet with uh, cogent writings on urban life, not only here in Seoul, but in his native Los Angeles and all around the world. And as a bonus, we have somebody I've been wanting to meet for a long time, Nikola Medimorek is a German national who's lived in Korea for a while. He's got a master's in urban geography from Seoul National University, works on a sustainable urban development uh, NGO, and he's the co-manager of Kojax, which is a pretty well-respected web portal about urban planning here in Seoul. Welcome to you both. Thank you. It's great to finally you. meet you, Nicola. Yes, great to meet you. I've been meeting, I've been reading uh, Kojax for a while. One little housekeeping piece of breaking news that I've got on my screen. Apparently, there's been a small earthquake near Chungnam, Taeyangun, magnitude 2.1 as measured so far. No damages. Happened at around uh, 9 a.m. today, just before we went on the air. Uh, thankfully, at this point, nobody hurt, no damages, but uh, a little shudder. So, um, there's so much to talk about with you guys on the topic of urbanism that it's hard to know where to start. Let's start, since you're the newcomer, Nicola, with you and your latest uh, project. Um, is it this superimposition of the subway on the city? You've got this really cool map that shows uh, the city of Seoul, sort of topical map, and the actual layout of the subway, which is different than the mapped subway. It's a new way to see the Seoul subway, right? Yeah, right. So I... So on, on on the internet, few images of other cities doing like this kind of impositions, like overlays of the subway systems, and I thought to do something similar for Seoul by you know, taking. You have to imagine like for somebody who didn't see it to just briefly explain. Sure. It's it's like you take a picture from from a high position or like from an airplane showing the urban area, mm -hmm. and then you show the invisible like the invisible element, which are like usually the subway lines. Yeah, and it looks really, I think, impressive to to sh to see like this 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 something you usually don't see this invisible element of the subway lines. The like this, and especially for Seoul, it's like this huge network of of lines. The Seoul subway is a massive network of lines. It's bigger than uh, most other cities that you'll encounter and live in around the world. It's a big bowl of noodles, basically, <laughs> and it's impressive. Uh, everybody who, who lives in Seoul is, you know, they, they boast about the subway first and foremost among the, the many convenient benefits of living here. Um, but when you look at the sort of map, just by definition for a map, it's got to be sort of geometric and it's got to be sort of, it's all got to fit in one space. And so as a result, I find that I look at the map of the subway and I conclude that certain distances will be shorter and whatever. Mm. But in reality, it's not because the line, even though it looks short and concise on a representational map of the subway in reality it's huge and sprawling and it goes around yeah. mountains and things like that yeah like you know in the subway or like both the, the doors of the subway you have very narrow space and it's very small so you have to cramp or like it's how many like 18 or, or up to 20 subway lines we have here in the Seoul capital area that's right so like the schematic uh, map of, of Seoul puts them all like in a very very small narrow Tight space area. and it looks like 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 very kind of like a small system almost mm -hmm. but then if you put it on, on like a real Im image or 
let's say, a real satellite picture or something, you really see this huge extent of, of, the, net, of, the, of the lens. It is a massive network, and it covers this entire sort of greater Seoul area. Let's backtrack a little bit. I mean, we've talked to Colin on topics of urbanism for many, many months. I think we're going on years now, Colin. Yes, it's been a long time. Decades, probably. <laughs> no, I, I mean, we've done, we do this thing once a month or so. Uh, sometimes we go out, sometimes we talk in the studio. So we've got a little bit of an idea of what Colin's all about and why he's so obsessed with the urban topics. Tell me a little bit about you. How many years have you been in Seoul, Nicola? The first time I arrived in Seoul was like in 2008. Uh-huh. And then I directly fell in love with, with the city and like with the people and, and the whole country. And But really living in Korea since 2012 and I then done my master's and now working here in, in Korea. And yeah, it's like really if somebody asked me what's the most important interesting thing or like what I like most about Korea I always say the public transport system it's me too and, me yeah. too I think that's probably the number in the top three selling points of this city mm-hmm. is the uh, convenience ease cheapness uh, and safety cleanliness yeah I mean you know how they cleanliness you know how they say you can tell how good a restaurant is by looking at the bathroom of the restaurant oh, I've heard you that you can tell how efficiently a city works often by looking at the, the, the basic things like public transportation. Indeed. And when you say Seoul works, you know, it's so clear just by looking. You can tell uh, if you go to bus stops, stuff like that, within minutes how soon it's going to come. It's all networked. And even before it was so networked on phone apps and things like that, it was still pretty impressive. And we should remind the listener that Nicola is from Germany, a country renowned for its efficiency and things working well. And you were still impressed by how Seoul worked. Uh, yeah, that's true, but, but because especially the, the speed and the efficiency of, of Seoul or Korean public transit system is, is, is on a much higher scale, much, much better level than, than, than what we have in Germany. Really? You'd say that? That's interesting. Yeah. Where in Germany are you from? Uh, I'm actually from like around fr- Frankfurt, exactly okay. from Frankfurt area. No slouch when it comes to transport and logistics, right? But, um, I mean, a lot of it, it comes back to what Korea does best. It um, imports ideas and structures and models and then improves them, right? Because, like, a lot of the public transport sort of concepts and a lot of the train logistics and high-speed trains, mm-hmm. these are all kind of imported from sort of TGV and Schnellbahn and all that stuff. But then Korea uh, improves it. And what's also very important to, to, to recognize in this, this, this aspect is that the first subway line was opened in 1974 in, in Korea and since, like in Seoul. And since then, you know, we opened, so many lines opened, such a huge network was built in a very short amount of time. Mm-mm. And that's something that other cities can learn a lot from. And also that I live it by doing these, these images of the Seoul subway system. I want to ap- appreciate, um, how special the system is and how in such a small t- time scale, uh-huh. Such a huge system was built because if you look at Germany, systems have been built over over I don't know, centuries. Or yeah. like, like if you look at London, subway which is around since since 150 years. Yes. And any kind of extent, like, there's still like expansion of the systems in Europe, but they take much longer time than they take it uh, take here in, in in Korea. I was just in Amsterdam and they opened a new line, and it's yeah. been 15 years they've been waiting, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Really? It's been a long time there, but that's what they're used to in that part here. If you here, take 15 years, that, well, you're going to be in trouble. Well, if you're talking those kind of time horizons, you're talking truly 
mega scale uh, improvements in yes. the city, like what they're doing over in Gangnam with the sort of combined transportation hub over there. Uh, they're building it under, I think uh, it's either Coex or something like Coex. that. They're building it under Coex, and it's a combined bus, train, commerce, uh, business kind of hub, you know, mm. and mm. that's going to be ready, what, 2022 or 2025? It's coming like up. That. It's coming up very fast. And when you're talking about urban design, uh, three, four, even 10 years is not that big of a... Uh, I don't know, a time horizon. I mean, late inception, late development can be kind of a, a, a positive thing. If you look at like East Berlin, for example, right? It skipped over so many uh, development milestones that the West went through. And then it leapfrogged them after unification of Germany. You know, now East Berlin is the nicest, uh, nicest part of town in a way, right? Because mm -hmm. the urban features are brand new. And it's, it's the target of uh, really deliberate development decisions tell me about kojex i mean i i like kojex i subscribe to it um it's your blog and also partners right yeah i'm doing it together with andy tibe he's from new zealand and living in, in sejong city and yeah he founded the blog i think only like 2011 or 2010 and i joined him in 2013 it's it's a website about transport and urban development in korea we cover Of course, like the main topic are like new subway lines or any kind of new um, public transport services that are being introduced in Korea. I also try, I like to write about bicycles, uh, cycling. Are uh, you an urban cyclist here in Seoul? Yeah. Also, for example, also today I I, I took the I took the subway up to the station, team, teams, um, to the media center station. Hmm. But then I took a daringi to come up to to here. And that's yeah. The bike service. Music to my ears, Seoul, yeah. man. I I, I am a daringi. Uh, you know, evangelists. They're converts turned <laughs> evangelists. It's wonderful. I mean, the dynamic of bike plus subway mm. is just unstoppable, right? And I mean, someday those Daringis are going to get, they're going to get better and better. And eventually the price of electric bicycles mm. will start going down. Yeah. For me, Daringi is like, like this public bike sharing system of, of Seoul is the best policy that have been introduced in, in the last year. So I really love it and it, it's amazing. I agree with you. What, tell me why you think that. Uh, first of all, because it, it it's it's like you shouldn't see it as a way to move from A to B. You should more see it as a connection to get to to your near, nearest or like to let's say to a better public transport connection. Absolutely. So it, it's great to connect to to subway stations. It's great to to um, yeah, connect to any place that has been that was very inconvenient before. That's to right. Do. It, it collapses distances, you know. Uh, most people in Seoul, they cram themselves like a, a sardine onto the train. They have a really, you know, they elbow each other trying to get up the, the little three-foot escalator. And uh, its commutes tend to be miserable in, <laughs> in, at rush hour mm -hmm. in Seoul. You know, with one Darungi membership, you choose a different station that's one mm -hmm. or two stations away from your destination. One that nobody gets off at. And you ride a bike for a few minutes, and it's like zen, you know? You just have this mind-clearing little short ride. That's that's the real magic of it, I think. And it proves your point about, or it further supports your point about how Korea or Seoul brings in sort of Western transit innovations and improves upon them. Because Darungi is, is, I think, the the basis was uh, Velib in Paris. Was that yeah. the first? Yeah. Uh, there was all, There's also one in Mexico City. They're, they're all around now, of course. Yeah. And London has the Boris bikes, but uh, you could see Darungi as... 
a sort of tweaking and adaptation of this bike share concept for a city like Seoul. And that's still ongoing. The system is, is always undergoing revision, if I'm not mistaken, right? They're always changing things a little bit about it, yeah. at expanding. Yeah, well, mostly they're still in the expanding phase. Um, currently, for, for like, let's say, the ma- main challenge in this summer is now that in September we will have a bicycle helmet law. So uh-huh. everybody, like the mandatory bicycle helmet law. And Dalengi is now also looking at options how to, to, uh, how to, to accommodate this, this law and then maybe providing bi- bi- uh, like helmets. It Those can are be getting stolen each. left and right. Yeah. Helmets, <laughs> it can be a big problem. In Seattle, a city where I spent a few years growing up, they tried to introduce a bike share system called Pronto a few years ago. Yeah. And it went under partially people theorize, because of the helmet laws there. That just made it too inconvenient. They had helmet dispensers, but it just... When you have a helmet law, according to some theorists of bike culture in cities, you cannot have a bike culture, because it just distances the bike too much from everyday transport. You don't wear wear a helmet for walking. You don't wear a helmet for the subway. You don't wear a helmet for driving. If you wear a helmet for biking, it says, oh, this is something different. This is not just transportation. Yes. Uh, I think that's right. It bakes in the idea that uh, you're either going really fast or you're going on busy roads, whereas I'd say probably 80% of the people riding Daringis, like myself, they're just having a little kind of <laughs> bike stroll on the sidewalk just to get to you know the next subway station. Yeah, exactly. Like just they just want to connect really quickly to to the next station or somewhere like. And yeah, it, it's not really like dangerous to. Yeah, to, it's not to extreme. It's yeah. just you know, um, it's what interests me about it is the data centric way Korea is implementing it. I mean, it's all app based, of course, and every time you use it, you are contributing another little sort of data uh, piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. for Korea to overlap its uh, Darugi data and its subway data and always sort of improve uh, how people get around the city, you know? Mm. Um, and I think it's it, the key to it is it's well-maintained as well. Yeah. I'd be interested down the line to know, you know, someday the fact that people are biking these little tiny short distances it's going to contribute to the public health picture i think in a certain way you know if you're if you're biking 10 minutes or 20 minutes a day by adding that extra stop surely down the line that's going to have knock-on effects on public health that's going to make it pennies on the dollar to have spent on Darungi. let's get back to your a map that you've done of the subway. How did you? How do you source sort of the data that you um, do for these various Kojex projects? How did you get the various data images of the real subway and the uh, subway map and marry those? And we should also emphasize. I mean, there are, there are listeners who are going to wonder how to see this map. What's the easiest way they can find the map and pull it up for themselves before you explain a little bit more so about it? So for for now, the easiest way is to go to our Twitter account. Like if you if okay. you're on Twitter, if, even if you're not on Twitter, like just go to Twitter dot com slash cojects and you, you will you will find them mm-hmm. and but but also soon i will upload or like like publish an article about them there and it then is, yeah and then also like a little bit describe the whole process about it and, and everything behind it also like in, in and in my article about this i will also publish a new yet unreleased picture so please be patient but mm-hmm. yeah to go to your, to your question about how to make these these images and actually the biggest difficulty was to find suitable pictures like these are you have to find a picture that shows as much as possible from the urban urban landscape without being really boring or without being too much 
oh, from the top or like you know, having like this kind of like yeah it's metric. a diagonal image of the city yeah. that you've right. that you seem to have chosen is it um some commercially available image or uh i looked up on Flickr with some creative common licenses and then i so i mentioned the the, the author for example for busan I only found a picture where the, the, the owner said, like, it's copyright, it's his copyright, so I wrote him an email and asked, here, I've made this soul map. Okay. I would like to make something of, of Busan. This is okay with you if I use it for non-commercial purposes. Yes. And he, he agreed with this. And for, for the third one, for Degu, I actually used the picture of myself, uh, from, that I made by myself, um, from, from Upsan, uh, like a small mountain. You can see a lot of ah, okay. Degu. So you've got versions of this for Busan and Daegu as well. Yes. What about Gwangju? They have one line, right? So that's the thing. Like like Daejeon and Gwangju, they have only one line. And <laughs> we should, like showing this um, doesn't really like sounds really impressive. So yeah, it's, yes. I, 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 you're going to have to wait for them to build some more before you're going to make a map mm. of their of their transit and, systems. And then, so like some of these these then drawbacks because it's very difficult to find good pictures. Um, in the soul map, you, for example, you don't see all lines. Like yeah. like line eight, I couldn't find any picture where you can actually like also visualize line eight or going up down to Bundang. And then also, I had the idea to actually show Pyongyang, like North Korea's capital, because sure, they have two subway lines. Yeah. And, and I think it would be really interesting for for people to see. Is that like a crisscross, like a Hong Kong style sort of thing? T uh, a T map. I don't know Pyongyang's uh, layout, but yeah. I just looked at the schematic map and now it's more like, like one diagonal line and one like touching up two times on, on the okay, other line. Okay, it's an unusual so, shape, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you just filled in, did you fill in by hand the uh, color lines or was there some slightly more scientific way of filling it in? There are some scientific ways to do it, like you can use some GIS, like geographic ah, information systems and coordinates, but, but in my case I just use freehand because it's simple and... and, yeah. and I just tried to stick to the official colors of the subway lines. Sure. And yeah, I think that was, uh, worked quite well. So what jumped out at you doing this about the special characteristics of Seoul's subway system? What, what did you, if not learn, then were reminded of about, oh, this is interesting about Seoul's subway? Like, but I was very surprised of, to see again this loop of line six. Ah, you know, at, at the end of line, like the right, western end of line six, you have this loop. And yeah. I wasn't really like anymore aware of this. Up Which near Pukansan uh, area yeah, up there, exactly. right? Yeah. Line 6 goes up to there, and not all trains go to the same end stop. Some of them loop around mm. and go back. Yeah. And yeah. then also, like, line 5 was quite interesting to draw it. Some it cuts, like, let's say, line 5 and line 7 are very interesting because they cut through, through the cities, one on the northern side, one on the southern side. and But they also, like, in, in terms of their, like, their turns and everything, they try to cover as many kind of, like, main spots while doing it without really like looking, but also looking really ugly while, yeah. while doing it. So it was quite, quite interesting. It's not as, it. the lines are not as clean as we see on the map, on the abstracted subway map we look at all the time. You see the actual, you see your map or the map you see in some subway stations where it just, it tries to um, superimpose the subway map on just a regular uh top-down map of Seoul, you see how much they have to, ch- have to change to get it looking neat, to get it looking uh, looking like straight lines. Kind of like the original New York subway map by mm. the Italian designer Massimo Vignelli, I think his name was. That started this whole tradition of what a subway map should look like. And Is that where the, the notion of a subway, where, where did the whole notion of a subway, an underground train, sort of first come up? You don't have to know this. but The maybe, actual concept of a subway? Yeah. I think that was, London was the first to try that out, was it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. 
Cool. And then the map, the map, yeah, the New York subway map of the 1970s really drove home this idea of what this type of graphic design is. Sure. And then the actual first implemented subway was the London Tube. Yeah, yeah that London right? Underground. And also like the s- schematic maps, you know, like, for example, if you look at the example of London, you have a schematic map where two stations of two different lines are like looking like the next to each other but actually if in the real world they're like like 10 or 20, or 10 20 minutes walk that's right separate from that was other. one of the first things moving to seoul i was like yeah quote-unquote transfer but i have to walk for about uh, six city blocks to to get to the so-called right. transfer. factor that in in your large subway uh crisscross areas do you reckon between the two of you that um Korea is the standard setter in terms of stuff like this, like uh, public transport and subway systems and and just urban logistics. I would say if it's not, um, you know, the standard setter, it's certainly in the top. How does it compare to Tokyo, which is often brought up in terms of the world's best transit? Yeah, I would say like Seoul isn't really recognized in in, on on, like on global global world stage. And there are lots of good lessons that Seoul any city can can take from Seoul, but yeah, usually if if anybody talks about Asia or like subway systems in Asia, they they think about Tokyo or they yeah. talk about how how China is picking up and then. But they obviously leave out Seoul, so it's not really well recognized and not. Let's say people who 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 are experts in this field they they know about Seoul, but then main terms not really about the whole advantages. Yeah. And how great the system is. I would point to two advantages that Seoul has over Tokyo. I think uh, it's more accessible if you're not, you know, a a local. It's a very accessible subway system. And it's all um, connected via an app that you don't have to be a local to understand. Right. Less expensive as well. Less expensive. Don't forget that part. I mean, there's always, in every, you know, Japanese station, there's always somebody extraordinarily polite, usually can, you know, speak English and help you you know with advice how to get from place to place but it's so many different types of tickets you have to buy and different companies and paper tickets different companies whereas in korea you know you buy your little dongle for transport and um you can even change cities i think my 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 t-money card works in pusan and daegu doesn't it yeah yeah we've got uh, a comment coming in from uh, 6883 seattle's bike share pronto failed more from having to use specific bike stations the three bike companies now running there are successful because you can leave the bike anywhere including uh the the river or the troll Is there's a, a famous troll under a bridge ah, uh, okay. in seattle this I, I, interesting to see that they provided no context for the troll there but yeah. yes anybody any seattleite would know what that is okay but yeah, this is they have these the dockless as they call them bike yeah. shares now which uh Seoul, is there anything, is there any dockless? There are, there are some. I don't know if it's private or if it's the city Mm -hmm. or what, but you've seen them, right? Uh, Yeah, they're they're private companies um, led by, I think O-Bike is one of, where you see most of them. Uh And and also Mobike is also coming to Korea. They have in in Suwon and some other cities, they're building up stations. Uh, No stations, but but like bicycles. And yeah, that's that's still a little bit missing in Seoul that you have like this this dockless bicycles. um, They, in, in China, these stockless bicycle services put up a huge revolution in in, in terms of uh, public transport, and yeah, it's still it's still missing here. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, when you combine public transport 
and share bikes and in the probably imminent future driverless cars and enhanced bikes, electric bikes, you've got some real potential for uh, user-friendly and eco-friendly transport. And I'm sure Nikola Kojax is going to keep mapping it, as will Colin Marshall. I think it's been great to talk to you both in one shot, two top-notch Korean urbanists. Thanks for coming in, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.